Hello everybody and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast where come rain shine or anything in between we're here to bring to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love I'm S. Edwards right alongside Connor Balthazor and today we're going to be talking about why everything is wrong and nothing will ever be right again and it's all Oklahoma and Texas's fault but before we go into why Oklahoma and Texas have ruined everything wholly in this world, let's talk about the more poignant issue when it comes to at least students for Kansas State University. And that is, recently it has been revealed that student tickets are, student ticket sales are considerably down from where they have been in the past. And this is coming off of a COVID year, which some might say causes a tiny bit of concern. Though there hasn't been many concrete numbers that have come out, estimates can be anywhere of minus 3K, which is a huge, huge gap. So the number one question that everyone asks is, well, why is this happening? And this is a question which, not to toot our own horns, I feel Connor and I may be uniquely able to answer given our status as students at Kansas State University. So Connor, why, why do you think that student ticket sales are down? Uh, well, I think ticket sales are down. Uh, I think there's a variety of reasons. Uh, one of them, I think, is generational. I just think that we're kind of us in an era of students that just don't care as much about going to live sports. I don't know why that is, because I love live sports. I missed them so much uh, throughout a lot of COVID. And just like having lots of fans in the stands, I miss that so much. But we're just kind of in an era where people don't care as much about the sports, and a lot of people that do go, it's uh, more of a social thing. Yeah. And um, I, I think that's pretty well known. I also don't think it's just a K-State thing. I think that's everywhere. I think it's an everywhere thing. Uh, a lot of people I've spoken to uh, that have been around K-State for a while, they've seen the decline like firsthand, and they've like, and they're like recognizing the students. Just nowadays, they just don't care as much about uh, college sports. And I feel like that's unfortunately probably going to be something that only gets worse as time goes on. It doesn't help that last year uh, wasn't a great finish to the season uh, for K-State, despite a solid uh, first five games sans one of those games that we won't talk about. But yeah, That game didn't happen. No, it wasn't real. The ending on a five-game losing streak is going to really hurt ticket sales, uh, especially for students, especially for freshman students that in a COVID year only ever have seen one type of K-State football, and there wasn't a lot of presentation, so there weren't a lot of people there, weren't a lot of people in the stands because they weren't allowed to be, and the team wasn't great just because of COVID outages, and it was also supposed to be down here anyways. But a lot of the casual freshman fans don't know that they because they're casual fans. They're they're there because they were told KC football is really cool. Like you should get tickets, and they went and it wasn't very cool. And they're like, "Why did I do that?" Right. Yeah. So a lot of people didn't renew. I'd imagine that's one of the main reasons. But there's gonna be older people like us that I remember all being really fun, like the OU game in 2019, which was why are you making us better... sound old. <laughs> I mean, we're we're old air quotes. We're we're old, we're old heads on the college level. We're I mean, a senior, we're compl- it's a senior and a junior. That's not that's not old. I'm not even 21 yet. I'm um, I'm going to be 22 soon, but we're old relative on a college level. Like yeah. we're we're being old heads. We're like kind of complaining about uh, <laughs> the young the young people 
Uh, like not being excited about the things we're excited you damn about. Kids. <laughs> you young whippersnappers. Well you you just don't know what, what good content is when you see it. Like <laughs> like slowly becoming an old head, unfortunately, but uh, it's a combination of many things like that. General apathy towards the team, uh, the team not being as good a COVID year, not providing a great experience for young people. Yeah. Uh, ticket prices, even though they lowered prices, it's still it's still kind of expensive, honestly. It is. And that my my take comes down to why student ticket sales are down. Comes down to three things. The first thing is, and it can all be traced, all but one can be traced back to it being a COVID season last year. The first thing is that it wasn't full capacity last year. And you can't deny that it is such a different atmosphere whenever you have a full student section hopping and jumping around. Like, I almost guarantee you, if all the people who gave away their tickets or didn't renew them this year were at the Oklahoma game in 2019, I almost guarantee you at least half of them would have kept their tickets. But they're coming off oh, of yeah. a COVID year that had half capacity for the student section, and it just wasn't the same. You don't get that exact same atmosphere and you get people it's like well it's not worth it because they don't they don't they don't know what they're missing out on essentially mm -hmm. the second thing that can be directly linked to covid is people getting cheaper like me whenever covid hit i i'm already the type of guy that my roommates call me mom because every time they pick something up at the grocery store like it's brand name I look at them and say, put that back. There's a great value version of that. And it's the exact same thing. Yes, I am that guy at the age of 20. Maybe it has to do with my hairline going back to the 1920s. But that's, like, that's a good habit to have. Shopping, pinch pennies. Yep. Yeah, but COVID, COVID made everyone pinch pennies in a way. And even though the price of the, the student tickets did get lower, it's still $250 for the ICAP package. And even if you can charge that directly to your student account, it's still $250. That's going to look yeah. like a lot of money to a college student. And a lot of college yeah. students won't think that's worth it, especially maybe coming off of family financial struggles due to COVID. Yep. And the third and final one is not necessarily apathy, but people forgot. People forgot to renew their student tickets, which is what I did mine the first day I could because I knew I would forget. Yeah, I did three, mine super early as well. Yeah, I, I've talked to three people who want to go to K-State games, but they just forgot to renew it. Like, there's still a week left to do it, which is why I think that there will be a, an influx within the last week. But I think that people are just kind of forgetting to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. I also think they're probably going to extend the deadline a little. Like oh, they're they setting the hard it. deadline and marketing it really hard, but they always do that to like drum up they sales extended, really hard. They extended the deadline last year. Yep, yep. They they do it pretty much every time. Sorry to give First away the, the secret. The thing. marketing scheme it, there. It's very unlikely that many people are listening to this that don't already have student tickets if they're students. So yeah, that uh, you'll be fine, athletic department. But yeah, it is really sad to see student ticket sales go down because a great student section uh, used to be one of the trademarks of K-State, mm -hmm. uh, especially in basketball and football. Uh, we're like, really loud uh, historically. Uh, I know at USC game in like 2002, Pete Carroll said that, that it was the loudest stadium he'd ever played or ever coached in, I think, uh, back when he was a coach at USC. Uh, just so many 
people over time have been like, oh, I we hate playing here because it's so loud. Like, mm-hmm. Timmy no, that's Horn not... brought that up when he transferred in. Yeah, because he played here when he was still with Charlotte uh, a few years ago, uh, right before the student section kind of started to decline a little bit. And it still gets up for big games, but they used to show up for every game. Mm-hmm. And that's just not really the case anymore, which is it's kind of sad. Yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't pin any of this on the students necessarily. Because, yes, I do think that there are a lot of students who treat it more as a social occasion that they could do better at tailgates or at their house or at a bar in Aggieville. But I... I just think it comes down to to those three things, and I think it's a problem that will correct itself, if not this year, within a couple of years. Because like Connor said, the freshman class is ruined. That That's... There, yeah. There's very few of them that you're going to be able to win back. Yeah, unless K-State literally makes like the playoffs or like wins the Big 12 or something like that. Like, we're going to have to have like, some unbelievable... Yeah. I mean, we may as well, I mean. But, we're here. I mean, I'd like that. I would really I like would that. T- I'd have fun. <laughs> I would enjoy it. It'd be a very fun senior year football season, but I don't think that's a likely outcome. We can't bank on that. I yeah. think we're likely going to be pretty consistently like above average. So. Yeah. so moving on from student problems to Big 12 problems, we're going to be talking about the news that every single sports podcast, whether it's about college or not, is going to be talking about for probably the next couple of months. Hopefully, we only have to cover it once or twice, because honestly, this entire endeavor just makes both of us really sad. And that is the quote-unquote inevitable depart of Oklahoma and Texas from the Big 12. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over a little bit of, of my bit here before we go into a comprehensive timeline built up by our resident high school journalist who may or may not have exposed exposed a pretty big uh, scandal in our high school uh, <laughs> not not stopping but oh, the boy. the resident journalist who conducted a really really great timeline of events we'll, we'll get into him after we go over my considerably shorter and i'll provide co-commentary along his timeline so oklahoma and texas according to espn they could finalize the move to the sec within a couple of weeks And the ESPN also mentioned, I keep calling it the ESPN, it's just ESPN. The ESPN also covered a few things about the Big 12's emergency meetings that they conducted yesterday, which I can only imagine was a complete and utter dumpster fire. But apparently schools that were talked about that were adding to the Big 12 in order to keep the Big 12 alive were Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, or BYU. I'm not sure why BYU's there, but sure, BYU. But that was a shorter discussion. All of the same, all of this information comes from ESPN. The bigger discussion that was had was taking the Big 12, the remaining eight schools, and merging them in to the Pac-12 to create the Pac-20. And something worth noting that I feel is very important to note, and we will come back to after the timeline is done, is according to The Athletic, If the Big 12 stays together and remains a conference, they will maintain, quote, autonomous five status. Or, in other words, they will still be a power five conference that gets an auto bid to certain bowl games. So with my little spiel out of the way, let's get into the more comprehensive timeline of events. 
beginning with arguably what could be the biggest tragedy in our podcast history, the fact that we may or may not have caused all of this. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I made a, a little timeline here of, uh, of the realignment stuff, and this all begins, uh, at least for now, two weeks ago. Maybe asking, there was no realignment news two weeks ago. Well, you're wrong, because... <laughs> As we it turns out, realignment news. we we created realignment here at Aggieville Alley Cats. This is our fault, uh, and it's all well, specifically my fault. It, oh no, it it's really your is. fault. I'm not. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I will not be dragging Ace down with me on this. Like this is all me. Uh, it was all my idea. I went overboard with it. But on July 10th of this year, uh, we dropped a realignment episode, and included in that was a, a scenario which was called the nuclear scenario in which Texas and OU leave the Big 12 for more money, which we were like, that's crazy. Yeah, that's There's crazy. no way that would ever happen. And like we had them like starting up like the Southwest Conference again. It was like kind of endearing that they did that. I was like, oh, that's cute. Like They, they started up the Southwest again. How cool is that? Well, uh, they, they did something even worse. They're going to, at least. <laughs> yes, the Southeastern <laughs> cult. Yeah, the Southeastern cult uh but before we get to that there's one more event that we must cover we already know who it is it's your boy bob bullsby the freezing cold takes man himself he on july 14th at big 12 media days categorically dismissed the idea of realignment being relevant he said quote the last round of conference realignment was driven by the number of cable households now that's shrinking, and as a motivation for conference expansion or realignment, it's gone or just not there at this point in time. Basically just went around and categorically said, realignment's not happening, conference unity is super high, like, there's no way anybody's leaving the Big 12. I'm really smart and know everything. Yeah. Oops. Okay, Bob. <laughs> okay, Bob. Yeah. Robert, listen here, man. <laughs> you may <laughs> you have may been have... a little bit wrong. On you, your, may have, uh, you may have shagged the sheep on this one, pal. Yeah, so we move ahead, literally just one week after Bob Bowlesby uh, says everything's cool and fine. Uh, Houston Chronicle, they post an article at 2.38 p.m. that uh, says Texas and OU reach out to the SEC about joining the conference. I did not take this very seriously when it first came out. I basically thought this is literally just trying to generate clicks for some random paper. It was behind a paywall as well. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, come on. Like, that is so low-hanging. Like, you yeah, can do that's... better than that. Like, uh, like, like, we felt the same on that, I think, right? No, yeah, you and I 100% was like, yeah, this is this is just, like, another thing to generate clicks. There's, yeah, there's no cause... reason to pay attention to it. Yeah, because, like, realignment, it does generate clicks. People are very intrigued by realignment. Like, Yeah, just check a realignment uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, analytics looking pretty solid there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's, people go, maybe it's people going back to witness our takes and they're getting their pitchforks. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> five minutes later, after that article was posted, this guy, Eric Nolan of Inside Texas, he confirms that he is aware of serious talks between Texas OU and the SEC. And I was like, yeah, all right. There's serious talks, probably just posturing for, like, better media deal or whatever in the Big 12. Cool. Like, well, it's no biggie. Then... And then it became minutes. a biggie. Yeah, then about 13 minutes later, uh, 
because SEC media days were going on at this time, so media was really close to the conference all around this point. So they reached out, talked to SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, said, hey, now there's this like story going around about OU in Texas like wanting to join SEC, but that's crazy, right? And he said, no comment. And everyone was like, oh. Oh, well, no comment is basically a comment in this situation because if it wasn't a thing, you would just say, yeah, that is crazy, yeah, that's right? that's not happening. Yeah, that's insane. As it turns out, there was there's something happening now. Like, there's I was still a little skeptical, but the SEC commissioner not categorically denying that it was happening, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, gosh. Be this is possible. This Ooh. is possible. Yeah, be skeptical. Um, then, about an hour and a half later, uh, this guy, Pete Thamel, uh, he tweeted out after reaching out to multiple sources. He said, uh, quote from his tweet, made a few calls, column coming. General feels that Texas was essentially going to explore free agency after this TV deal. And he ponders if it was independent ACC or SEC. And he says all of those were going to be active options. And quote, there's too much chatter and conversation behind the scenes for there not to be some truth here. And more and more media guys are starting to like ask around for their sources and be like, hey, you know, this does happen. Know anything about this? And a lot of people are saying, well, yes, actually, because it's a thing that exists. And, ow, yikes, don't like that. So, but I still wasn't for, fully in on it. Um, Sam Conn Jr., the athletic, he posted a quote from Texas A&M athletic director Ross Bjork. Uh, he said, quote, there's a reason we left the Big 12. We want to have a standalone identity in Texas. So I was like, all right, like SEC, why would they want to just anger Texas A&M for no reason? That's kind of strange. Yeah, and I think that's that. We'll take a pause here because we were on the the Bosco's Boys live show. Shout out to shout out to Bosco's Boys and especially the live show. There's always a always great times, and at least one of us are guaranteed to be there most of the time. Both of us. But I kind of my take was I kind of ran this ran with this quote and and I just, I took it and I said yeah A and M's not going to agree to it. There was rumors at the time that MU wasn't going to be alongside it. That's recently been coming out that the vote will be 13-1 for the SEC if they choose to join, and the only dissenting vote would be A&M. But I ran with that take, and I said, they're not going to want them. They're not going to vote them in, which mm, at the uh, age well. Mm, not at all. Then uh, that Sam Con Jr. quote from Ross Bjork, that was at 4.20 p.m., uh, then about 25 minutes later, uh, OU released a statement uh, addressing the rumors. And this is when it became real, I think. This yeah. is when, even, this was even more than the ICC commissioner quote. This was when I was like, okay, this is actually really happening. Uh, uh, the statement from OU was, the college athletics landscape is shifting constantly. We don't address every anonymous rumor. And, that, you know, that sounds like pretty harmless. Innocent. But the fact that it wasn't simply Categorically no, denied. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. fact that they simply didn't say no, that's basically saying yes in this world. Because if, if they hadn't been doing that, they wouldn't want those rumors going around. Like, no. They would just say, no, this is completely false. But they just they didn't say that. And as it turns out, <laughs> they may have been on to something, those OU people. Yeah. Uh, then uh, about 20 minutes after that, Oklahoma State, they released a statement opposing the rumors. Uh, they, 
which is kind of strange, honestly, I'm not going to lie, uh, like making a statement in opposition to what was still unsubstantiated rumor at this point, although I, I'm assuming they probably had some sources uh, talk to them. Yeah, and they basically, all the they schools, made... sorry, of all the schools that in the Big 12, the one that seemed kind of taken back the least was Oklahoma State. Like they may have been thinking about this happening. Which is why they were angry about it, because apparently there's been a gentleman's agreement that wherever Oklahoma goes, Oklahoma State will follow. Yep. And uh, I will say on that, uh, the recent uh, news on that has been apparently, even though there was a gentleman's agreement on that, and the Oklahoma legislature and the Board of Regents wasn't going to let that happen, apparently they are just not going to do anything about that now. They're just going to let it happen anyways. So there's, yep. there's, there's been a lot of handshake deals and gentlemen's agreements that have been broken in the last few days on many sides in this whole thing. Uh, but yeah, OU, or not OSU, Oklahoma State, they made a statement against it, basically said, hey, this is really stupid and we don't like it, which, I mean, that that's pretty much the whole thing. Um, following that, this is about 45 minutes later, Brett McMurphy, he reported... Uh, the Texas and OU inquired at the SEC about leaving the Big 12, and SEC uh, has both has interest in both schools. Uh, this will take some time, but there's interest on both sides, a source said. And then a Big 12 source added, this was inevitable. And you can hear the snap he did in the background. In the what? Okay, that joke didn't land. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that joke didn't land. Oh, the th okay, well. Uh, I'm just, I guess I'm just like, insanely tired. It's not midnight but, 30. As, almost. Uh, Thanos. Uh, snap. Inevitable. Anyway. Anywho. <laughs> uh, what was mainly concerning about that was uh, that there's Big 12 sources in the, in the Big 12 commissioners building, uh, Big 12 headquarters, saying this sort of thing was inevitable when literally a week prior Bob Bolsby was out on a podium talking to media and saying there's no way this ever happens which I uh, like why dress it at all oh, if you yeah. think that this is inevitable just don't say anything and make yourself look like an idiot like a yeah. week later. That, that's that's all I have to say about that really you got anything to add or did I kind of sum that <laughs> no that, that, that kind of sums it up we in a in a pre-episode discussion, we'll say we pretty much laid into Bob Bowlesby for about fifteen to twenty minutes, and yeah. it just happened to be we didn't know this was pre-episode discussion at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As it turns out, Bob Bowlesby's uh, kind of an idiot. Who knew? Go figure, right? Who figured it out, huh? That's just crazy how that works. But uh. About half an hour after that Brett McMurphy report, Carrie uh, Murdoch, a Sooner Scoop, uh, reported on TV deal numbers. And this was something that I found really interesting because it provides more context for why OU and Texas are leaving. And this was absolutely terrifying to read. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Uh, and basically, the, this tweet went, why would OU want to go to the SEC? Rhetorical question. The CBS SEC Game of the Week contract was purchased by ESPN for $3 billion over 10 years. The current Big 12 television contract on ESPN and Fox is paying out $2.6 billion. That's every single Big 12 game combined. 
That's literally the SEC game of the week contract, which is one single game in the week is more valuable than every single Big 12 game in the same period of time, which it's, is it's just hysterical. Like, that's, that's just hilarious. Like, like it, it, it gets to a point to, I'm going to use this analogy, it's, we're, we're dipping so far into the pot of tragedy and travesty that it's just springing around to being funny again. It's like, yeah. it's like the guy who got nuked twice during World War II. He moved to a different city and then got nuked again. It's a tragedy yeah. what happened, but you gotta laugh at how unlucky that guy was. Yeah, like, like that's literally what's going on right now. Like the SEC, literally just overflowing in money, and I mean that just goes to show you what. Uh, these schools are looking for it's not about the preservation of the game it's not about like classic rivalries it's not about like playing like these good schools that you already know it's just money oh you as money oh you at least can like kind of fake an argument about competitiveness wanting to play high level competition even though they're not beating them anyways when they face them uh yeah, texas, texas has it, no excuse <laughs> it's just money it's literally just money always has been <laughs> uh, for texas and wait it's all just money Always has been. But Texas, I hate you a lot. OU, I hate you a lot, but at least I kind of see it. Although I still hate you a lot. And that doesn't excuse it. But yeah, pretty depressing. Excuse denied. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. No hall pass for you, OU. (laughs) But but yeah, it's depressing. The whole thing, embarrassing for the Big 12. Uh, Then moving on uh, to this. Uh, another big thing. This was a huge nail in the coffin about this maybe being able to be reversed. Uh, this guy, Jeff Ketchum of Orange Bloods, this is a Texas fan site, he reported that Texas and OU are expected to inform the Big 12 in the next week or so. The two schools do not intend to renew rights agreements. He also added, and this was the big, the big drop, was that Texas was prepared to say goodbye to the Longhorn Network. And that that spells doom for the Big 12, I regret mm. to say. Uh, it's 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 pretty bad when yeah. Texas is willing to say goodbye to their cash cow like that. Because the Longhorn Network exists entirely for Texas fans to just basically burn money and give it to the Texas Athletic Department. Because yeah. it's all Texas all the time, and it's just kind of dumb. And it's also yeah. it also really sucks whenever K-State is doing any sport that isn't football and they're playing Texas on the road because it's almost never going to be televised on something that's accessible. Like yeah, even not even the ESPN plus, like when we're playing Texas on the road, it's just, on, it's just on the Longhorn network and like five people have that and they're all in the state of Texas. Yeah. And something that, that I'm willing to say was this, this was Texas selling their soul because what little of their soul they had left was basically in the Longhorn Network. Because no matter what you say about the Longhorn Network, you can say it's cheesy, you can say it doesn't make any sense. It was one of the few things that was uniquely Texas. And they're willing to give that away to go to the Southeastern Colt. And for me, that that's, that's borderline unforgivable. That's like, for me, that's almost worse. That it's In fact, it's almost definitely worse. You just take bill snyder family stadium and you just take like packing tape and like put over the bill snyder family part of it and it just named stadium like you don't even remove the lettering you just put packing tape over it yeah 
it's it's really sad to see, and especially because the Longhorn Network that was a key reason for Texas staying in the Big 12 in the last round of negotiations. Uh, the Big 12 made that concession to keep Texas around and all of their money uh, at the expense of four other schools, which, in hindsight, why do we do that? Uh, <laughs> the United Bank of Money. Yep. And we lost Nebraska, Mizzou, Texas A&M, and uh, Colorado over it. But Mizzou and Texas A&M could not could not escape them for very long, apparently. No, apparently not. But uh, then the last thing that I have from July 21st is a uh, Jason Whiteley report, uh, pretty much just saying kind of similar thing to the previous one. Early next week, uh, Texas Longhorns and uh, Oklahoma Sooners, they're going to send a letter to the Big 12 stating that neither school will renew their media contracts when they expire in 2025, which kind of... I mean, it kind of has to be a truth uh, in regards to this because, I mean, this kind of goes in hand with the rest of it. But yeah. it's just sad to hear. It's just another just, like, come on. Like, it, this day just gets worse and worse and worse and worse, like, with every second. Everything but, is pain. Nothing will ever be right again. That's basically how I feel about it right now. Like, it, it's hard to feel good about the future of it's the Big 12. It's very hard to feel good. Because even, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of get into that a little bit later. Uh, I, I guess I don't want to jump the gun on that. Yeah. Uh, but, Ju- but July 22nd, uh, 5 p.m., the Big 12 athletic directors and uh, execs uh, from the remaining eight schools, not named Texas or Oklahoma, they hold an emergency meeting to discuss the future of the conference. Uh, they put out a, a statement that was just really generic and saying, we really like the Big 12. We wish you would stay. Uh, but if you're leaving... We're going to stick together for sure and definitely not take any opportunity to leave for sure, definitely. Unless. Unless. And they allegedly also discussed a merger uh, with the Pac-12, uh, taking the remaining eight teams and just making the Pac-20 or the Big 20 or the, the Big, big Pac-20. The Big Pac-20. The Big Pack of schools, I yeah, guess. I don't know. I, you but, could say that would probably be a packed conference. Yeah, okay. Anyways. <laughs> I'm just not going to address that. Uh, if the rest of the Big 12 merge with the uh, the, pack, uh, the Pac-12, uh, I'd assume that would create a division with uh, the eight remaining of the Big 12, Colorado, and Utah, which I actually kind of would like. Because I bring Colorado back into the fold and uh, then add Utah, which is like, okay, sure. Yeah, I'm fine with those. Yeah, I could live with that. Although that'd be a massive conference, uh, you know, because if you're playing uh, nine conference games a year, uh, you're gonna face your entire division, and then the only time you're ever gonna face another division opponent in football, at least, is gonna be in like conference championships. Yeah, and so that means that you may go decades without facing a team, and there's times where you may never face a team. <laughs> Realignment's like, gonna happen again before you face another yeah, team. Yeah. Yeah. The question is, will will K State ever face off against Oregon State? Will we ever travel to Corvallis to face the Beavers? <laughs> Actually, probably not. <laughs> probably. I. I would warrant no. <laughs> yeah. I. I. I think that's likely. Uh. But then there are also some rumors being thrown around on this day. 
of a Pac-12 merger, but a smaller one. It would be Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, K-State, and then probably Iowa State, maybe KU, uh, joining the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 moves from a north-south to an east-west. At least that's how it would be in my mind. You'd have an east of the four Big 12s, the Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah, and then have a west of the Washington schools, the Oregon schools, and then the California schools. Yeah. And so you have a 16-team conference. I think that'd be kind of fun, honestly. I, I'd yeah. kind of like that. That'd be fun and you actually it. face other teams. Like yeah, from it'd other be the division. same size as the SEC with Utah, not Utah, the University of Texas and Oklahoma. Yep, I, I see where you got, got to that point, though, mentally, UT. So. Yeah, UT. But uh, moving on to uh, July 23rd at 8.58 a.m., Brett McMurphy, he tweeted out, uh, Texas and OU officials reached out to the ICC in late 2020, early 2021. Uh, those schools have been in lockstep the whole time, and they decided all the way back then that they were leaving. It was just figuring out where they were going. So Texas and OU, they've known that they were leaving for over six months at this point, and the Big 12 did absolutely nothing to keep them, and in fact, even antagonized them a little bit. Yeah, one of two things happened. They didn't know... Or they antagonized them. I'm not sure which answer scares me more. Yeah, because uh, them knowing and doing nothing is just absolutely horrifyingly incompetent. But them not knowing at all is just as incompetent for, for different reasons. Because how are you as a commissioner of a very unstable conference not going to constantly be checking up on the two schools that are responsible for your your conference being so unstable. How does Bob Bullsby not keep more tabs or have more sources in those athletic departments? That's just com- that's a complete failure of leadership at the highest level for the Big 12 conference. Yeah. The blame that's of ridiculous. most of this can be placed at uh, the feet of Bob Bullsby. And Texas. In Texas. And Oklahoma. And Oklahoma. So, yeah, I can't forget the actual instigators, but Bob Bullsby, he might have been able to do something about this. But didn't. Yep. Yeah, but he just kind of didn't. Just kind of rested on his laurels, didn't think realignment would be a problem, and he probably going to be out of a job pretty soon. So, sorry, Bob. Not sorry, Bob. Um, and then another thing is that initially, during this whole uh, realignment thing, people were pointing towards the Nebraska kickoff time being a potential reason for OU... Uh, leaving the conference. However, basically what that tweet proves is that that's just uh, false completely. Like This was already being planned, and OU was just complaining for no reason other than they don't like playing in the morning because, well, obviously they lose whenever they play in the morning. K-State played them uh, both uh, at K-State, 11 a.m. Yeah, both those games kicked at 11, and guess who didn't win those games? It was OU. <laughs> yeah, guess uh, who's going to kick off at 11 again because it's our choice. <laughs> Yeah, we're kicking off at 11 a lot so far this year. We have four games scheduled so far, and I think three of them are 11 a.m. Stanford, Stanford is 11 a.m. Uh, Nevada, I think, is 6, maybe? I think Nevada is a night game. I know SIU is a night game. Oh, no, Nevada is 11, and Southern Illinois is uh, uh Night six. game, yeah. Yeah. As a six off six o'clock kickoff, and then the uh, game against Texas is already scheduled for 11 a.m. on Black Friday. 
Hmm. Which actually is actually that's kind of cool. I'm fine with yeah. Lemon Peak then. Like, that's so, actually kind of neat. <laughs> for reasons that we'll go into later, that and a game immediately following after will be of special interest to both of us. Yep, we're <laughs> looking forward to. All of a sudden, those are highly marked on our calendars. Mm-hmm. And the the one of the last big events I have on here is at 8:47 p.m. on July 23rd. Mike Leslie of the WFAA, whatever that is, reports to reports that the Texas A&M Board of Regents is going to meet on Monday, the 26th, uh, for discussion and possible action on the contractual and governance issues relating to Texas A&M and the SEC. Basically, what he's saying is that Texas A&M is really mad that the SEC was negotiating with Oklahoma and Texas behind their back and didn't say anything. And ultimately, it's going to amount to nothing other than Texas A&M complaining about it and the SEC saying deal with it because we give you a lot of money. And or, or trade offer, you guys get Oklahoma and Texas. We receive Texas A&M and Cincinnati. I will take this trade offer. Considering the circumstances at the moment, since they're going to leave anyways, got to take that trade immediately. Take it around. I would have taken it before. I would have taken it before. I wouldn't have gotten rid of OU. I would have gotten rid of Texas in a heartbeat. I would control alt delete the University of Texas. <laughs> like, University of Texas at Austin, gone. Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, uh, we deleted you. Too bad. Uh, the last little tidbit of news we have is uh, KU is allegedly committing or communicating with committing. the Big Ten. <laughs> uh, they're communicating with the Big Ten. I don't really buy it because the Big Ten's in the middle of their media days and... It's also been kind of reported that none of the eight schools have really reached out anywhere seriously yet, uh, just because they're all just kind of reeling from this whole ordeal. I mean, and to keep in mind, it's at the time of this releasing, not even been three days uh, since this has happened. So, and also, KU is communicating with the Big Ten that probably isn't going to last long, because while KU does have the best shot out of any Big 12 school to get into the Big Ten, Ultimately, I think it's pretty unlikely that they make it in just because uh, their football team doesn't bring anything to the table and the Big Ten doesn't particularly need to expand or want to. The Pac-12 at least does have a reason and that if they expand to the central time zone, they're going to get more exposure. KU doesn't really bring much to the table other than successful basketball, which they already have plenty of successful basketball in the Big Ten. So So why would they take a big pie and slice it into smaller pieces for their already very successful teams yeah and they were rejected the first time they tried wasn't it yeah ku wanted to get into the big 10 the first uh, round of realignment with missouri but missouri joined the sec instead and ku was left out to dry on that and the main reasons as i recall were their facilities for football were very poor and um there was another reason uh, it was the Missouri thing. They were supposed to be a package deal with Missouri. And Missouri's not leaving the SEC to go to the Big Ten. And KU's football facilities have not improved in the decade uh, since then. And they've not improved at football since then. And their basketball team is just as good as it was a decade ago. KU, in a sense, is in almost the exact same spot as they were a decade ago when they were already rejected by the Big Ten. So it's unlikely the Big Ten adds them. Regardless, they still have the best shot out of any Big 12 school. But that shot is 10% at best, I think. Uh, maybe even less. Uh, I'd say less. Uh, yeah, 
I, I think that's fair. They maybe have a shot if they add Notre Dame and then like Virginia and North Carolina decline. So they may be able to get in then just to even the numbers, but yeah. gosh, I don't know. I, I, I don't think Notre quite Dame wants to remain independent. I, I think they do because, uh, uh, I don't know, it's just their thing. You think it'd be beneficial for them to join a conference uh, under the new playoff model where there would be uh, protected buys for some conference champions. Uh, and not for independence, but I I guess they just don't really care because they, they like their, their setup right now. Yeah. So with with this timeline of events going out of the all out of the way, it, we're kind of left to, to pick up the pieces of the aftermath. And the number one question that we need to answer, given that we're a K-State podcast, is where, do, where does this leave K-State? What avenues do they really have? And well, let's explore all options first before we say what we think will happen. So, I, th- I think I'll, I'll I'll go first on this one. Mm-hmm. I think that there are are really three main possibilities, specifically with K State. One, the Big Twelve stays together, and they just pick up more schools. Two, the K-State leaves to join the Pac-12 with a with the luckiest friends that anyone could have, I suppose, in this this strange alliance that is formed between K-State, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech. Which, if you were to tell me three schools that would have aligned with each other before this entire ordeal, that's a very random combination. Would okay. not have answered those three. <laughs> yep. When you read into it a little bit more, it does make a bit more sense because the athletic directors at Oklahoma State. And uh, case uh, and at Texas Tech, uh, they're both K State alumni, I believe. I know at least the athletic director of Texas Tech is a K State alumni. The one at Oklahoma State, he at least has K State ties. Yeah. So with that so, context, it makes a little bit more sense. But on paper, you just look at it and you're like, why? Yeah, why? But they pick up their things and move to the Pac-12. And the third and probably the most unfortunate is. K-State doesn't really have a home because they're region locked out of a few can- a few conferences. They're academically locked out of the Big Ten and they end up moving to somewhere like the Mountain West. And I think that is the worst outcome. But before I go into what I think is likely, let's let's hear if what what your scenarios are. Well, I'll say those are very similar to mine. Uh, in fact, they are exactly the same as mine. <laughs> All Cause right. Because I, I think they're. I think those are just the most likely options. I think right now the most likely thing that's going to happen, uh, and this has changed for me almost hourly uh, <laughs> over the last few days on what I think is most likely. But right now I think uh, is that the Big Twelve sticks together to maintain that pseudo Power Five status, that like Frankenstein Power Five <laughs> deal. Uh, they'll add some group of fives like a UCF and Cincinnati and Houston uh, to just like kind of like patch the holes and uh, tend to their wounds. It won't be the same, but it'll still be the Big 12 conference. Uh, the second most likely is uh, that weird alliance plus uh, probably Iowa State headed to the Pac-12. Uh, and just because the Pac-12, uh, they do... They're probably the only other conference that really has any sort of reason to uh, expand at the moment. Yeah. And that's because a uh, yeah, TV deal uh, is pretty awful for them right now because all their games just get pushed 
so far into the night. Pack twelve just after dark. Yeah, I was gonna say, just say it, just say it at this point, like, because <laughs> all the games are just so so late for the East Coast and the Central Time Zone. So expanding to the Central Time Zone for the Pack Twelve actually makes a lot of logistical sense. And K State might be a school they look to add there because they have a some, they have a familiar face with Colorado in that conference. Texas Tech and Oklahoma State are the most likely ads there, and they bring K-State along with them, and maybe Iowa State as well, depending on what they want to do. And if that doesn't work, then there's the Mount West, which K-State could end up being the only school out of the Big 12 to go there. I mean, it'd be either Mount West or the American, I think, but I think it's much more likely the Big 12 absorbs part of the American than the other way around. Yeah. Unless it's just a complete... Uh, um, dissolving nightmare, the nightmare, yeah. nightmare, nightmare. Yeah, but the Mountain West, K State, uh, would go in there, be facing uh, like Colorado State, San Diego State, that uh, Utah State. Uh, pretty sad compared to where they were once at. However, some of those are some pretty nice de- destinations, honestly. Fort Collins for Colorado State, that's a pretty area. So some fun road trips there. Uh, competition's kind of garbage. Could be good potentially to having a great record and going to the playoffs unless they just don't respect group of fives on the playoff committee which yeah yeah, that's what's gonna happen (laughs) that's probably what's gonna happen anyways so it may not even matter but that's probably the third most likely landing spot at this point in time for k-state yeah i the the main reason that i i think the most likely is that the big 12 sticks together and there's two reasons why I think that. Firstly, because, like I said earlier, the Athletic says they they still keep that Power 5 status if they stick together. And I think that that is too powerful for any of those schools to, to lose. And I also don't think that... I also don't think that a lot of schools have other options. Where's TCU going to go? Where's Baylor going to go? I mean, realistically... It's either the American or the Sun Belt for them. And that's yeah, it. and I, I don't think that they are... So I think that Baylor and TCU are probably going to be the leaders of this fight to keep everything together. I think K-State will be right there alongside them. And I think they're going to fight really hard to keep that Power 5 status. So they'll just add more schools. And then the second reason I think they'll stick together is because ESPN will, will sit them down and say, respectfully probably with a lot of language that I'm not going to say to keep my streak alive. You're going to make this work. You are going to make this work. We did not pay for the exclusive Big 12 rights to have the Big 12 stop being a conference. Because if the Big 12 stops being a conference, they lose out on a very large payday with advertising. So I think there's going to be a a come-to-Jesus moment with ESPN saying, make it work. And if you had to put a gun to my head and say, I'd say there's probably going to be four schools added. I don't think it's going to be the exact schools that they were talking about. Those were just schools that had expressed interest in the last realignment, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and BYU. I do think Cincinnati and Houston come along because their markets are good, and we still want to have our, our of quite a few Texas markets. Cincinnati, because they've consistently been one of the best, if not the best, group of five school. And then the last two 
could be honestly a toss-up between Memphis, Boise State, or UCF. I'd be perfectly fine with any of those three. Though if I had to pick, I would pick Boise State and Memphis because I don't like the idea of traveling all the way down to Florida. But we do it for West Virginia, so maybe it's not as logistically a nightmare as I think. But I think that the most likely is that the Big 12 sticks together because there's there's too much on the line for if it falls apart. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I think the uh, Pac-12 option is right there at the moment just because the Big 12, I think it needs to make it a couple months uh, to really have a solid chance at surviving because all these schools are going to be panicking looking for a Power 5 to pick them up right now. And if one school leaves, everybody's leaving. Yeah, it, so. it, it's all about sticking together. Because if if one school leaves, I'm looking at one school in particular. If one yep. school leaves, they're dooming the conference. That's just the reality of the situation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> I think I think we can add four group of five schools pretty quickly and pretty easily. And I think we'll get quality competition out of those group of five schools. I don't think we can add five, both logistically and to have it be consistently good competition. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if the Big 12 can stay united, which uh, the last few days have uh, hurt that theory a little bit. <laughs> no, Bob Bolsby said conference unity is better than ever. Oh, maybe well. he was just referring to every other school. Yeah, maybe he, he meant the Big 8 instead of the Big 10. Or the Big 12, I mean. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it's not 1 a.m. <laughs> no, it's not. But it's 12.55, actually. But, Bob, what the hell, man? I don't know. Just Big 12 sticks together, adds Cincy, uh, Central Florida, Houston, then probably like South Florida or Memphis somebody like that maybe Appalachian State like I'd, I'd take Memphis over all of those Memphis I like the only thing I don't like about them is that they're kind of a commuter school and I I just don't love the idea of having no you just don't schools. like them because they're close to the Liberty Bowl they play in the Liberty Bowl yeah that's my point you just don't want to associate yourself with the Liberty Bowl well you're you're right I don't <laughs> I'll take the death of the big 12 if you're having to play in the liberty bowl every two years <laughs> that's the only upside is that the liberty bowl isn't real anymore <laughs> so the this kind of before we we lead into the the more lighthearted and fun part of the show we, we have to ask one more question who do we think are the winners and losers of this? No, you can't just say the Big 12 Conference, and no, you can't say OU and Texas are the winners. I have my my big definite winner and my speculative winner, and I have my definite loser. So, do you want me to go first? Um, yeah, you go ahead. Okay. The definite winner is Arkansas. Because Arkansas has been fiending to play Texas for so long that it became such a big deal whenever they put them on a schedule as a non-con this year. That's going to be a massive revenue boost and a massive morale boost for Arkansas, who's been wanting to play Texas for so long. And it just comes with an added bonus of playing Oklahoma as well. That's the definite winner. 
The speculative winner is Cincinnati because if Cincinnati gets moved into the Big 12, I genuinely think that they're probably competing for a Big 12 title. I I I don't think that's, that's a fair. controversial take. I don't yeah, think That's fair. They're really good. They nearly beat Georgia last year. Probably should yeah, have, they, honestly. They probably should have. They left a few points on the on the board, but they did. I they are my speculative winners and the only well, there are two definite losers, but they're losers for the exact same reason. And that's TCU and Baylor. Because they don't fit in, in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is not going to let in a religious private school. They are honestly probably too good to go to the Mountain West or the American or the Sun Belt. So they are probably might end up being getting invited to the Sun Belt, going there and playing mediocre competition and maybe establishing a rivalry with like Texas State or something. But that would be such a horrid fall for them. And that's why I think they're the two that are going to fight the hardest to keep everyone together. Yeah, uh, I I can't dispute your losers at all just because, I mean, they do lose the most because they are the biggest misfits left uh, from the conference. And that's really unfortunate. Uh, TCU, they may be able to get back into the Mountain West because that's where they were originally. Yeah. Uh, that's their only shot at redemption, but they may not want them back anyways. Uh, Baylor. Baylor might be just really screwed, honestly, because I don't think anybody really wants Baylor that badly. If you're a Sunbelt or like a Conference USA, you can't really turn them down uh, just because that boosts your profile. Like having a recent basketball national championship, although basketball isn't super important for realignment uh so i guess i'll copy your losers just because i i literally i can't think of anything better than that k-state doesn't come out of this very well either nope uh, <laughs> none of, really none of the big 12 does but that's cheating because uh, they obviously lose uh winner i have alabama i think it's my biggest winner because if this goes through which it's looking like it will uh they're gonna have to be moved to the sec east and if they get moved to the SEC East, their path to victory gets even better, and they only have to play, like, two or three SEC West opponents per year. And when they do, uh, all those SEC West teams are just going like, to beat each other and always be perpetually in the top 25. Mm-hmm. And so if they beat Texas, even if Texas sucks, it's just going to be like, oh, wow, they beat Texas. Like, And look at all these, like, five stars they have or whatever, which, you know, is already Texas anyways. Yeah. And same thing probably goes for OU, except OU will be like, better. But, anywho, Alabama is just going to continue their reign of terror in the SEC. This only helps establish it more indirectly, I think. Uh, they do OU will challenge more often, but Alabama's never had any issue, for the most part, with any other challenger in that conference. Unless you're OU's- LSU with Joe Burrow. <laughs> Yeah, unless you're unless you're literally the greatest college football offense of all time. Yeah. Other than other than twenty twenty Alabama. Like other <laughs> than literally one year later. But oh you amazing game to watch. Oh oh yeah. Uh, twenty nineteen LSU versus twenty twenty Alabama. I I give that to twenty nineteen LSU, I think. Oh, I would too. Like Uh but yeah, Bama, they come out on top, the rich get richer, as always, in college football. There's, there's, there's just not going to be any parity in this sport. On that, on that note, we'll we'll leave we'll leave one final question for for conference realignment. Why did you do this? 
Connor, why did you do this to us? Well, you see, when I was doing this, I, I stopped and asked if I could, but I never, I never asked if I should create this realignment scenario that is now coming to fruition. I didn't know that I was going to create a real monster. I thought it was just a fake one, and you were disgusted, like, publicly with it, and you hated it. And I was just like, oh, it's just fun. It's fun. It's fine. It's not fun anymore. That's real It's not life. fun anymore because it's happening. It's real. It's real life. It's not fake. It's real. And it literally began with you saying Texas is taking their ball and going home because they want more money. Literally. Uh, to the T, pun intended, that they... <laughs> <laughs> There's the one accidental pun. <laughs> they, uh, they literally are just taking their ball going to the Southeastern Colt Conference and we're going to make a boatload of money for their donors in the short term and destroy college football in the long term. And it's going to be very sad. I hate Texas forever. Uh, your state's fine, I guess. Without University is not. <laughs> University is not. I, I hate you, Longhorns. Horns down forever. I'm going to have so much fun doing horns down at the game this year or next year if we ever even play you here again. Yeah, yeah. and I, I sincerely apologize for my role in this catastrophe. <laughs> but the the upside is the the bright the brightest part of this tunnel before we get into the the wacky segment of the week is that if we're this good at manifesting and we've managed to move mountains for conferences, man. Our recruiting classes are going to look great. <laughs> yeah, Jaron Kanak, welcome to K-State, my man. Kaden Crawford flipping from Iowa. We're going to get Avery Johnson and Dylan Edwards next year. We'll get Jaden Ham as well, Jaden Bender, uh, John Randall Jr. for good measure out of Wichita. Just <laughs> recruiting, K-State recruiting is on the up and up, and it's all thanks to the Aggie Valley Cats because we can just make anything happen in college football, apparently. So. I told you I'm the user. I'm the user for uh, this. Uh, this man's adjusting the recruiting sliders to put us on <laughs> freshman difficulty. <laughs> but we're we're done with the with the doom and gloom of this week's episode, and now now we're going to to start on the wacky segment of the week. And this started just from a, a simple question that I asked I asked Connor before this before this episode started. And the question was, who do you think is going to start the first fight on both Texas and Oklahoma's schedule? So let's let's start with Oklahoma. Let's take a look at their schedule. They're at Tulane. They play WCU, whatever that is. Nebraska at Oklahoma, West Virginia, K-State, Texas, TCU, KU, Texas Tech, Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State. I think the first fight of the year comes against West Virginia. I think they open conference play with a fight. I think it's either going to be West Virginia or the week before against Nebraska. There's no love lost in that rivalry. Uh, and beyond just them disliking each other, period, OU is beyond livid about the kickoff time, which is something that they don't even control. The Big 12 doesn't really even control that much. Yep. <laughs> no, it's kind of weird that they're mad about it, but hey, I, I guess we should be used to it. They love being angry about things out of their own control. So, 
I think they might fight Nebraska, just take out their uh, frustrations in Nebraska. Uh, they they may fight. Scott Frost will uh, hide behind his players. Uh, <laughs> and he'll just make fun of OU people for wearing hoodies or something weird like that. And <laughs> He's going to have an old head take in the middle of the field. Yep. He will. It's crazy how many old head takes he has, and he's literally like 39 or 40 or something like that. Like, he's not I, that he's old. He's not worse than Dabo. He's not worse than Dabo. <laughs> Dabo Swinney actually kind of sucks. Like, yeah. that's kind of <laughs> off topic. But, like, he he has some pretty awful takes. Scott Frost is 46, by the way. But, yes, uh, Dabo Swinney's pretty awful. We can talk about that another time, though. The other uh, game I think that OU may have started a fight in, or the first game they'll have a fight in, is West Virginia. Mainly because uh, that whole state is a menace, uh, like another team that's coming up here pretty soon. Uh, <laughs> West Virginia, uh, their mascots literally armed. Uh, they, they're loading up grape shot on the sidelines, taking, yeah, they're, taking yeah, they're gonna shots throw, at people's ankles. Yeah, they're going to go throw coal at the uh, OU players on the sideline. Like, they're just going to be violent, and they're going to do nothing to stop them. <laughs> uh, at K-State, maybe they'll start a fight when they lose again. Uh, yeah. Texas, they always fight them anyways. TCU, yeah, I don't so think they fight. KU has nothing to lose anyways, so they may fight them. I, I, Texas, think, I think KU will fight, will fight Texas before they fight Oklahoma. I think you might be right, because last time they tried to, like, flex on OU, they got absolutely destroyed by Baker Mayfield. <laughs> and then uh, the last time they uh, tried to flex on Texas Tech, or on Texas, they won. <laughs> so, uh, and Texas can never, ever, ever, ever live that down. down. <laughs> they will have that on their, their permanent record forever. Well, that's, jeez. But Texas Tech, they're going to be starting fights. Their coach is not going to be there much longer. They're not very good. Oh, it's a match made in heaven for certain fights. Uh, the mm-hmm. Texas Tech, their team, and that city, they're a menace to society. The game's in Norman, but the Texas Tech fans, not the, like, smuggle tortillas into the stadium or something Smuggle like that. tortilla. That's, that's their thing in Lubbock. They just throw tortillas onto the field. <laughs> Did you know that? No. They do that. It's so dumb, but they just do it. And also, they kind of suck. Like, they have a really bad fan base. Like, like I said, they're a bunch of menaces. Or menaci. Menaces? I think it's menaces. Menaces. Anywho, yeah, they'll start a fight at Texas Tech. Baylor won't fight him. Iowa State will be too scared. Then. Then the boxing match. <laughs> then the real heavyweight battle begins. When they face Oklahoma State. The Bedlam rivalry in Stillwater, Stillwater. <laughs> at Oklahoma State. They will be on the road facing the school that's being screwed over arguably the most by OU in this scenario. And I I cannot wait. This will be the day after Black Friday, the day after K-State, Texas. I kind of want to go to this game, even though I don't hold a stake in it at all. No, I, it, like, I, I've told you this. If you go to this game, I will go with you exclusively like, to watch the inevitable boxing match. I honestly think they should just open the match with Spencer Sanders and Spencer Rattler. Just the battle of the Spencers, a boxing match right at midfield. And whoever, that's, get, instead yeah. of the, that's instead of the coin toss. 
Sanders is going to win that easy. Oh, Sanders easily. Wins. Oh yeah, I think yeah, Sanders in four for sure. The best I, of seven I, series. I, that's going to be Sanders in four. Yeah, I I don't think that gets out of the second round. <laughs> oh no, yeah, rather screwed. He doesn't have to reach for it. Like, like Sanders has. He may not be a better quarterback, but he's got the tenacity. That's for sure. But, but uh, yeah, so that's no. that's inevitably going to be a fight. So we have what three, four games pegged as fights? Five. Maybe Nebraska, five. West Virginia, Texas, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State. Yep. And then maybe KU. Then maybe KU. But uh, we'll we'll skip to the end of the Texas schedule because this is why we're so excited. Because depending on how Texas's season is going, I don't think K-State is going to start any fights. I think it might get chippy if we're having a bad season, which we won't be. We'll be undefeated, so that's yeah. relevant. But if Texas is having a bad season, I think that they're just going to get sick of getting absolutely bullied by literally everyone in the United States. And then they're going to start trying to fight people. What's important is this is on Black Friday, the day before the Bedlam rivalry. So we, it is possible we see two Big 12 brawls break out in back-to-back -back days. That was a lot of B words, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, it was a Black Friday, two Big 12 brawls on back-to-back -back days. And I said Bedlam as well. Bedlam, you said Bedlam too. Go off then. But anywho... K-State, yeah, I think that'll be a chippy game regardless. But on a fight, I can see Texas starting to fight there. Uh, Arkansas, there there may be a fight there, honestly, because I haven't played in so long. They hate each other. Mm. Tech, that's got to be a fight. That that's that, If I'm going to pick one game this year that is going to be a fight, I'm picking this one because I think realistically, I think Mike Gundy can still kind of hold his players back. I don't think Matt Wells holds that power anymore. Yeah. And who knows if he even wants to against Texas. Like, <laughs> he'll be like, what are you going to do? Fire me? You're going to do that anyway. So like, Wait, why do I care? And nothing's changed here. Like, I don't care. But, yeah, then they have TCU. I don't think they'll fight. OU, they fight them basically every year regardless. Yeah. Oklahoma State, they may fight Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State is just so mad about this whole thing. And they I may don't just... think they'll find Oklahoma State because that's at Austin. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Oklahoma State has home field advantage for the OU fight, so that's got to happen. Yeah. Baylor, that's not going to happen. Iowa State won't happen. KU might. No, KU's going to fight him. <laughs> KU fight. I'm I'm here for you, KU. KU, I, I will be pulling for you I in will, this battle. I will back KU in this one case. I will back KU 100%. KU, I, I've got your back here. Take out... Texas, you'll forever have a shred of respect from me. I uh, that's a Connor bounces or guarantee. There's I have nothing backing that. Just <laughs> it's just, just my take, word. Yeah, just take my word for it. Dude, trust me. <laughs> yes, source, bro, trust me. Uh, West Virginia, uh, uh, they'll they'll I feel like they'll fight there. They'll throw coal, <laughs> like like they were gonna do with Oklahoma. Uh, They'll do something. Neil Brown will encourage it or something like that. He's crazy. <laughs> so we, we've agreed that, that there's going to be a lot of fights in the Big 12. Yeah, I've never been more... Be... I've never been more motivated to watch a lot of Big 12 games that don't include K-State than I'm going to be this year, which is kind of ironic because 
Oh, you Texas are leaving because the TV deals being bad, and now that they're leaving, I'm watching them more. <laughs> uh, people are going to start watching them to watch them lose. Yeah, it's going to be more a, than they were before. The hate watch fest. But once they get to the SEC, I'm going to actively try and not watch them to punish them. Oh yeah. So, this leads us to the the second part of the wacky segment of the week. We've gone over teams that are fighting, but Connor and I had this question of. Which Big 12 head coach would win in a street fight or a brawl? Now, let me let me clarify and set out the ground rules here. All the coaches are fighting at once. There's no tagging in or out. We go by boxing rules. It's a 10-second knockout. If you're down for 10 seconds, you're out. The only weapons that you're allowed to have are non-lethal weapons and can only be thrown in by the home team's crowd. So, like, for example... K-State, no, a KU fan can throw in a chair because they're experienced with those weapons. Yep. And <laughs> gotta get that shot in. And also, I guess you can opt out if you want, but it would be heavily discouraged. So yeah. the, let, let's just let's just kind of go over, let's just kind of go bottom to top here, who we think is out first to who we think is going to win. And I think the first one out, it almost has to be Gary Patterson because I don't think Gary Patterson would be willing to fight. I think he'd be the one opt out. Yeah, I think I agree. I think 10 years ago, he'd for sure tussle and actually do really well. I think he might have uh, won 10 years ago. Yeah, but I think he's past that point in his life now. And he he may just like opt out or just immediately get injured and like be forced to quit. Uh, but right after him, uh, it's got to be a uh, uh, Matt Campbell. Mm, I'd say Lincoln Riley. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I'd I mean, say he, Lincoln got, Riley. he got noodle arms. Yeah, and then then Matt Campbell would be right after him. Uh, Lincoln Riley, because I don't see Lincoln Riley as a fighter. If not, mostly because he just there's something about the way he calls offenses that just seems. Like he's not, he doesn't want to fight people. He just kind of wants yeah. to to out outthink you. And if you're in a street yeah. fight, there's no room for outthinking people. <laughs> yeah, like he's like gonna be like trying to like break up fights. Like, hey guys, let's just like get along. He's gonna take one like right in the nose. <laughs> Matt Campbell, I I don't think will. I I I don't think he would do well because I don't. I think he would try to get. I don't think he'd recognize the rules of the street fight and then get himself DQ'd because he'd try to get his team to do it for him. Yeah. He just all bark, no bite as well. He proved that in the Big 12 Championship when he was, like, yelling like crazy about that call that he was, like, actually wrong on. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> that was hilarious to watch. Everyone was like, wow, look at, like, Matt Campbell going to bat for his team. And I'm like, wow, look at Matt Campbell not understand the basic rules of football despite football. being a Division One head coach. <laughs> Like, that's not impressive at all. He's just making himself look stupid on national television. I mean, they ultimately lost the game. So, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, Matt Campbell doesn't make it, far, make it far at all. I think next up is Dave Aranda. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, he's kind of the forgotten coach of the league right now, other than Matt Wells. Uh, Matt Wells is two. who's next. Just yeah. because I think, I think Matt Wells has probably had to duck a few punches from players, so he has experience dodging. Yeah, uh, he he's like a defensive brawler, uh, as a rare breed. Normally you're kind of offensive in that, but yeah, Matt Wells he'll, he'll dodge a few. He'll 
he's got survival tactics more than anything. He can. He's shown them by keeping his job as long as he has. Yep. So, next up is who's left? We have Neil Brown, old Neil Leipold, Brown, Kleiman, Gundy, Gundy, and shoot somebody else. Uh, okay, wait. Gundy, Leipold, Brown, Kleiman. I think we're missing somebody. Who else did we say? We said Wells, Aranda. Wells, Aranda, Campbell. Riley, Campbell. Riley. Patterson. Patterson. We may actually just be down to those four. Why? Oh, uh, Sark. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> how how uh, can we forget you, Steve Sarkeesian? Yeah, I think... I think Leipold. Sir, honestly, I think he, he, next. Yeah, because yeah. he only has an inch on, on, on Kleiman, and I don't believe that Leipold is constructed. Alternatively, he doesn't look mm -hmm. like that kind of guy who really knows a whole lot of what to do in a fight. Yeah, he's not assembled uniquely like Kleiman, so he's got he doesn't stand much of a chance in a direct brawl with Kleiman, but he's. He's a well-rounded fighter, so he, he can make it pretty far, uh, relatively speaking. I think he's like the first of like the good group of fighters. Yeah, and I think Sark is next because yep. he got that stone-cold strength. That's a really messed up joke. I apologize, but <laughs> <laughs> I apologize and congratulations on your recovery. All respect to you in the world, man. I, mm -hmm. I still don't root for you to succeed on a, on a team scale. For because you you're coaching Texas, but as a personal victory, good for you, man. I'm proud. I'm proud. Thank you. But I, I think Sark ends up next, and then we end up with the top three of Neil Brown, Chris Kleiman, and Mike Gundy. I think I think it's like a knockdown dragout fight between Neil Brown and Chris Kleiman, but I I don't think it's close. I think Gundy wins. <laughs> Gundy takes an easy dub here. I totally agree. I mean, especially when he had the mullet. Now he's like fallible like he's mortal at this point but if the mullet comes back like with like every like centimeter the mullet grows he just gets closer to immortality and when <laughs> when he when he grows that mullet and then he puts on the one american news network shirt <laughs> and puts on the oakley glasses and wears like some weird shoes says something <laughs> strange and wears khakis that's like the mike gundy infinity stones and he'll be unstoppable <laughs> He wipes out not only the Big 12 coaches, but every coach. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think... The reason I think Neil Brown ends up finishing third is because... I I just... I don't know. Kleiman seems like the type of guy who doesn't say much, but is perfectly willing to throw down if need be. Yep. And Scrappy. Yeah, he seems scrappy, and I'm not saying Neil Brown isn't because he has to be to make the top three. But I just, I think Kleiman's built different, and that's not just me being a homer. But I, I don't think you can be built different enough to, to beat Mike Gundy in a fight. I honestly think that, like, what other coach, in college football is going to like, reasonably give Mike Gundy, a run for his money. Right. 
I can think of many off the top of my head. Maybe like, Ryan Day, I guess. Ryan Day, he actually could. There's a lot of like strength coaches and stuff, but those aren't that no head count. coaches. That doesn't count. Head coaches. Uh, power five, not a lot. None, maybe. I can't. I feel think of like any. I feel like Ryan Day might give him a run for his money. He doesn't have a mullet though. If Ryan Day grew a mullet. That's an even. Fight, oh, he'd be unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, Mike Gundy. Man's a menace. He cannot be stopped. Yeah, he's, but, uh, he's winning the the Big Twelve yeah. brawl, as we'll call yeah, that's it. Res- that, that's respect to uh, Kleiman and uh, Neil Brown, though. Uh, they they came out pretty solid there. Yeah, all respect to you. And speaking of respect, Connor and I have to extend towards the end of our show every time. We have to extend our utmost respect and appreciation for you, the listeners. Thank you guys so much for listening to two good friends talk about K-State sports, something that they're extremely passionate about. And honestly, we've hit milestones in one and a half months that I didn't expect to hit for a year. Yep. And it's it's been remarkable, and it's honestly been kind of humbling. So thank you all of you so much for listening to the podcast. And if you want to support us in a financial way, what you can do right now is... In the link in our bio, in the Spotify page, there is a link to donate money to us. And every single dollar that you spend will go towards either us living as college students or go directly back into the show in things like more time for film study, more recording sessions, and maybe even lining up special guests and interviews in the future. But speaking of the future, there might be, just saying might, be a piece of special limited edition merch that we will use to kick off our merch store with which if you're interested in we'll let you know a week in advance whenever we're going to announce it but like i said most of all the most important thing is that you're listening to us and i thank you so much for that if you ever want to send us any questions or love mail or even hate mail send it to us either on our dms at twitter at aggieville a cats that's capital a and aggieville capital a and then capital c in cats or if you want to email us aggievillealleycats at gmail.com is the way to reach us whether you have questions concerns or anything in between always feel free to reach out to us because believe me if we're looking for anything we're always looking for an excuse to talk to people who listen to the show because that's an amazing experience to us and just on a personal note, I'm Ace Edwards. Follow me on Twitter at acedwards 0 if you're into, I don't know, mediocre takes about K-State offenses. Right alongside my co-host, Connor Balthazar. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at capital C, Connor, and capital B, Balthazar. And thank you for listening to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast, where come rain, shine, or anything in between, We'll be here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Thank you for listening, and as always, go Cats!